we are going to sort of turn our focus to the Easter story. And uh, before we get to the specifics of it, I wanted to zoom out. And so great song that Dale and the team put together, because today I want to talk about it from a much bigger angle, love from uh, a much wider lens, if I could. And before I read the scripture, um, this, is, this is how I was thinking of it. Um, the other day I was with uh, Harrison, my nephew, and uh, after school, when I'm there, we have like a routine. I pick him up at the bus stop, and then you, know, you have the dogs and everything, and then you come home, and then we walk to Starbucks, right? And we go to Starbucks, and he gets um, one of these cake pops on a stick, you know? And, uh, and then, you know, we get to talk a little bit. And so I said, you know, we're, we're talking about everything, and, and I learned that when he gets home from school, um, his mom does the usual thing, which most moms do. Harrison, how was, what? School today, and well, I don't know why we get uh, these unbelievably atrocious ruts of humanity, but we say the same thing, and then they give the same reply, which is either good or fine. But you've been through this drill before, and and as a parent, you're you're fishing. How many parents then you try to fish, and you're like, I need to know more. I need to. so. Corrine, uh, his mom says, Harrison, you can say anything but good. You have to come up with something. I don't care what it is. You have to come up with something. She's like, I demand creativity in the response from you, right? So we're talking about this. So I said, okay, Harrison, let's go through the alphabet, right? And we'll find a really sweet name for every letter of the alphabet, right? So we start going through the alphabet. And what could you say besides good? You could say it was awesome, right? And so, yeah, that's good. We'll do that. And then B, it was boring, right? Uh, yeah, and then we went all the way through and we got to E and I started noticing like my, my wannabe surfer lingo started coming out. So we got to E and I said, epic. Huh? Your mom will drop her jaw if you say, you know, math was epic. Are you with me? So we got all the way, and by the way, we had to get really creative towards the end of the alphabet, but we got all the way through the alphabet, and now he has a whole vocabulary. He probably still says, fine. Uh, But it got me thinking, you know, the Easter story, it's, it's, for for so many of you, it's so well known, you know, it just is. You know, the ending before it starts, you know. Uh, you're, if you're ever talking to somebody about a movie and then, and then they start giving it away, you're like, oh, don't, don't give it away. I still want to, what? I want to go see it. I still want to experience it for the first time. And you, by the way, if, you ever, if someone ever told you a movie and they're really bad about telling you how it is and, and just, it's all convoluted and then they get the end mixed in there and you're like, no, just let me go, what? I want to experience it myself. Well, here's the story. Easter, you know. You know the story, you know the ending, you know the whole thing, and you're familiar with it. And the problem with being familiar with something is after a while you don't notice it anymore. Does anybody have like a ding in your wall that you were going to fix 17 years ago? And it's a ding in your wall that's been there so long, you don't even what? You don't even notice it anymore. It's just there. It's just part of the system, right? And so familiarity has a way of of blinding us to something. This is so important. So this story that we want to talk about 
is what I would call epic. And the problem is, we've walked by it so many times that sometimes we've missed what it's even really about. Its impact is sometimes lost on us. And what I would like to do for this, this short series that we have is to try to um, shake us up to think about it again. Just like Kareem was trying to shake up Harrison to not just repeat fine without even thinking about it because he was going to say that whether it was fantastic or terrible, whether he got suspended or spanked or, or uh, straight A's or whatever, he's just going to repeat the same thing. And what I don't want us to do, if you'll go on the journey with me, let's not just repeat the same thing. But why, what if we let this story soak into our bones? I'm not a good cook, but I recognize good food when I eat it, right? And I know one of the things that really good chefs or cooks or whatever they, they're really good at is marinating, right? They take something, uh, a piece of meat or chicken or whatever, and, uh, you know, I, I spent so much time by myself over the years that I, I was able to just take a piece of meat and cook it, and there was nothing in it, nothing to give it pop or pizzazz. So at the end, I would just dump some ketchup. Anybody with me? Like, I'm trying to heal it at the last second, right? But it's not the same as if you take something and you marinate it in something overnight or, and, it, and it soaks in. So here's what I want to try to do with the, I'm going to read the scripture. I want it to, I want it to soak in. Now for it to soak in, it's going to take some time and it's going to take some openness. You can't create a a rigid shell on the outside of yourself and say nothing I already know everything about everything and nothing's going to change me but you got to come kind of come here and just open up a little bit and let the juices get in all right it's a really good story it's an epic story so I'm calling the series epic love um now today we like talk about loving all kinds of things. And so love is such a tough word that I had to put epic in front of it. Epic. Bigger. We talk about we love ice cream, right? Um, in, in, in fifth grade, we love this little girl, right? We love this. And really, it's just uh, an expression of things that we like or things that make us feel good. In Biblical times back in the day, they had Greek words that they used for things that if you like something or it gives you satisfaction, you have, they had a separate word. And the epic word was agape. That was love that was like divine. And what Christ introduces is something that is much bigger than this sort of level of love. And if I can, um, I want to take us on this journey. Now, before we get started, um, here's the thing we need to know. Love is the essence of the whole story from the very beginning, from the very beginning. The whole system is built on love. I also want to do this series because this, this, I want to be the dying legacy of my life and of this church. I don't say it lightly. Some people say, I want my church to be biblical. 
Some people say, I want my church to be holy. Some say, I want my church to be this. I want my church. I, I, I have, uh, it's un, unmistakable to me. I want this church to be known for love. Radical, epic, <laughs> unbelievable, outrageous, irresponsible love. Well, Chris, you shouldn't have said irresponsible. You haven't read some of the parables. Have you read them? Have you read the parables, how irresponsible the parables are? Right? The kid that gets up at noon and he gets paid the same amount as the kid that got up at six? That's not responsible. That's what? How many teach your kids to get up at noon and go to work? Not unless they've worked all night. You say that's irresponsible. And Jesus gives story after story after story to say this whole thing, the love that God has for us is outrageous and you would even say it's irresponsible. It's bigger. So you say, I think God should be a little more responsible then. I know some of you are teaching him how to be him. God should be a little more responsible. Then you have to read the other parable, right? The prodigal what? The prodigal son. Isn't that the pouting son, the one upstairs in the bedroom pouting because God's, or his father is so irresponsible with his love? You see, love is not responsible. Love is not even rational. Love is epic. Divine love goes beyond, because everything else is, there's a payback. I'm going to love you if I get this, right? I'm going to give to you as long as I get this. 90% of our life is built on this system, give and take. I will work a few hours if I get a job, if I get money. I will do this if I get this. And it's exchange. And what God does is he sets up something that's so epic that it's just a divine, it's just an outpouring of generosity, of God's love. Love is the most important thing, Jesus said clearly. The most important commandment, they asked him, he said what? Love God and what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love, and this is important, is actually the more difficult thing. First Corinthians, we have a scripture we're going to put up here. This is the one that's read at weddings. I have no idea why, because it's tough stuff, right? But here's the, here's the reality. First Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Everybody look here. How you doing? You say, well, I would be patient with them. It's just that they're such an idiot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not my fault I can't be patient with them. No, let's be honest. I mean, maybe you don't say it out loud, but that's what you think. I well, of course, and, and what we just, I mean, we got to one sentence. And what we do is we define love. We, it's all qualified. It's low love. It's not epic love. It's pedestrian love. I mean, pedestrian love is, well... Well, because they try my patience. That's why I'm not patient with them. Is it true? I'm the only one here that's impatient. The whole church. We're impatient. And we're impatient. And so, why? Because, here's basically why we're impatient. Because I want to do something and you are thwarting my program. Is this true? It doesn't matter if I'm trying to get down 275 or I'm trying to get to work. or I'm, I'm trying to do something and you are in the way. It could be the kids that are not paying attention. It could be the dog. It, it could be anything. It could be your husband. It could be your wife. It, it doesn't matter. We're impatient because we're trying to do something. And they are in the way. 
So when we talk about epic love, let's not think it's flowery and it's just like, it's so easy. And Chris talks about love because it's easy. Rethink the whole program. Love, epic love, is the most challenging thing. Why is it central? It's central because it's, it's the most challenging thing and it's the most healing thing in our universe. Let's go back. Love is patient, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is what? Kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud, right? It, uh, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Pause for a minute. It keeps no records of wrongs. Honestly, honestly, if you just wrote those down on a, on a piece of paper, you wrote them down and you graded yourself truthfully, you know, on each point. How, how well do I keep track of people wronging me? A plus. Right? In other words, when you go through this, what Paul wrote, it, it, it's, it's unbelievable what the epic love is actually. You're like, Chris, it's like, it's like he's saying we were supposed to be perfect. We're supposed to be epic. And I'm going to show you, if you'll hang on for the series, I'm going to show you how this is actually uh, works in our life. Um, I, I, I put my hand up first to say, you know, probably failing in most of the categories, right? But let's, look, this is what's important. Work in progress. Work in progress. Jesus goes on to say this, Matthew chapter 5. If I'm going to keep the, I'm going to put the bar even higher. Jesus says this, Matthew 5. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Which, hate your enemy was sort of added on. <laughs> this was actually, this is what's kind of funny. Love your neighbor was in the scripture. Hate your enemy was sort of an interpretation. He says, but I tell you, ready? Love your enemies. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Love your enemies. This is epic. And most of us, we, if you're ever reading the Bible, you kind of go, that sounds nice. I think he did that. <laughs> In other words, this is, I'm not actually seriously going to contemplate doing this. Stop. Process. Your mind, your brain, the people that despise you or hurt you or do things to you, loving them? Let's be real. It's not really on our radar. And if, I just want to put it on your radar as a possibility. Um... As I was preparing the message this week, I was reading a book, and a, a, a guy who's writing, he says, he says, you know, what I think what God does to teach us how to love everything, everyone, everywhere, all the time, or as Bob Goff wrote in his book, everybody always, right? It would include enemies, it would include friends, it would include everyone, is he gives us starter love. He gives us something to love that's easy to love. The next verse, Jesus says, um, or later on, he says, you know, if you love those, just skip that one for a minute if you can. If, he goes, if you love those who love you, that's easy. Anybody have a loving grandma? I went to my grandma's yesterday. Easy to love grandma, right? Easy to love. 
can you just take that down because I'm losing everybody? Or right, I think, gracias. Uh, they, they're, they're, they love you, you love them. It's an exchange. And as long as you're getting in the exchange, you feel good about it. Are you with me? But when somebody turns on you, when someone is against you, all of a sudden, it's very difficult. I don't want to love that person. Why? I don't know. I want them to hurt the way I hurt. I want them to feel pain the way I feel they inflicted pain on me. Um, there's something about us that we don't, we want to love people who already love us. And Jesus says, yeah, everybody does that. The tax collectors do that. Anyone can do that kind of love. That's garden variety. That's pedestrian love. That's sort of like no brainer love. All right. Bring Charlie up here. Babe. Come on, bring her up here. I, I want to I show everybody. Come on, bring her up here. Pretty please. She's crying now, but it's good timing. So we're sitting in the restaurant the other day. And um, I used to eat at this restaurant all the time. And uh, even took Vicky there a lot. And uh, people were nice to us. They got us our food on time and everything. But then I took Charlie in there the other day. The whole place stopped. The people next to us, they leaned over. The people walking by, the waitresses, remember? Everybody. And all they want to do is go, what an adorable little girl. What a precious little girl. What a cute little girl, right? My whole life is different because of this. The lady comes back. And I'm going to make a point. This is an important thing. She's not hard to love. This is easy. I mean, if you can't love this, you really, really need a class. <laughs> Are you with me? And so, uh, thanks, baby. And, and so, thanks, Charlie. So, this is, this is what I'm reading. And he says, so God gives us starter love. A dog, um, a pet, a baby, something. And I go, oh my gosh. I'm 50 already, and I'm at starter love. That's <laughs> why so I, I read it, and I'm like, I am. I actually am. Like, I'm just starting school right now. So if you will start school with me and say, you know what? I want to learn how to love epically. Put your hand up with me. If you've already arrived, I get it. So, but th- this, is, and this is really important. When Jesus says this stuff, like love your enemies, this is graduate. This is doctorate level stuff. And some of us are just like tripping out of third grade. Honestly. And so you can't even conceive. They start, has anybody ever been in a class at college that you shouldn't have been in? Both of mine are out. What? I literally was like, what? Um, drop that class. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what he's talking about. I sat through the whole hour and I have no idea what he even was talking about. What Jesus is talking about, loving our enemies, it, this is graduate level stuff. But don't think we shouldn't be going to grad school eventually. Are you with me? Don't say it's never possible. Don't say that God couldn't so work in your life and in my life that we could actually find epic love. Pedestrian love is often a few things. It's too short, it's too narrow, 
It's too small. Epic love is always bigger, longer, wider. Why Jesus always loved and included people that were outside of the circle. If you've missed this part of the story, please don't race ahead during Easter, right, to the cross, Jesus dying. Stop and read some of the other parts about Jesus interacting with all the people that were outside the normal circle of love. Ready? All of us have a circle of love, right? Like these people. They only love Spartans. Small circle. Look at, look at this group over here. Right? Small circle. Now, everybody has a circle. Like, I love these kinds of people. I love these people. These people are good to me. I, sadly, sadly, I like white people, right? Some people are, sadly, I only like these kinds of people. Sadly, I only like this kind of person. Um, and I only like Americans. I only like, you know, Japanese. I only, th- th- this is my circle. And this is what I love. And what Jesus did, he blew past these circles. So you'd always find him outside the circle. Read it. The Gentile, the woman, the Samaritan, outside our circle, outside our circle. Why was he always outside the circle? Because he was trying to get people to expand their circle of love. And if I could say this, I think what it really comes down to is we're defined by the size of our circle. What Christ came to show us how to enlarge our circle of love. That people that we would normally put outside, we now can expand and include. Listen carefully. Many of you, perhaps most of you, grew up in a religious system, if you grew up in one, that really just carved edges around that circle and drew moats and, and concrete barriers and said, nope, these people are out and you are in. Guess what? Guess who's always in? Our, it's always our team that's in, right? Whatever team you're on, that's the team that's in. And what Jesus did is he just kept going outside of that, constantly on the outside. Now, Let's do the scripture in Matthew. Um, if you love people who love you, right? What reward will you get? Aren't even, isn't, isn't that pedestrian level? Aren't the tax collectors, this is such an important statement. The tax collectors were known for being these shrewd businessmen. They were Jewish and they partnered with the Romans to skin their own Jewish people, right? They had to collect taxes, so they were, they were kind of the middleman. They said, I'll do it for you. As long as I get some money, right, I will, I will take taxes from these people. They would take a little bit extra for themselves. The Romans knew it. And these guys were slimy. But they knew to be good to the people that were going to be good to them. Now, this is starter stuff, right? How many know this? Like, be good to your teacher, How many taught your kids this? Be nice to your teacher. Take him an apple. Won't hurt. Please participate. Won't hurt. Smart off every time you can. Be a wise guy in class. That's not going to help you get a good grade. Am I with you? Or are you just altruistic, just want to show love to your teacher? It's like, no, there's a little little kickback coming there. In other words, you teach these things to your kids because if you're good to people, people will be what? Good to you. Doesn't always work, but it works a lot. It's reciprocal. It's not radical. What's radical 
And I dare say what Jesus actually did and was about was radical. It wasn't reciprocal. We all grew up, we cut our teeth, we know, we live and breathe reciprocal. Do this for me and I'll do that for you. I will do as much as you do for me. Right? What Jesus introduced was completely different. He goes, even the tax collectors get that. Your fourth grader gets that. I want to call you to something that's epic. You're going to love people who don't love you. You're going to love people who declare themselves enemies to you. Now, look, unless you go, some of you are going, this is just like, Chris, come on, this is just... Either it's undoable or it's just like, like oh, Chris, you're like this soft romanticism. It's, or, listen, this is exactly, exactly what the story is all about. And this is exactly what's going to change, heal, or if I can use the word, save our world. Save it. If that kind of love finds its way into us, people start to forgive. They start to cross new barriers. They choose love instead of hate, forgiveness instead of revenge. Think about this. The epic movement of love, if I could say this, is the whole movement of life and I want to describe what I think is the movement of life and I even say the purpose of life people say what's, what's the purpose of life what's my purpose here it is summarize life is moving from me to we that's it it's the purpose that's it but I thought I was like well, I'm supposed to climb a mountain or you can do all that that's all good here's the basic thing move from me to we where life isn't about me, what I want, what my agenda is, where I want to go, what I want to do, what I want to see. But it's just evolving where I don't see myself as just, I see myself as a part of a greater whole. So we'll, we'll close with this. We're going to have communion together. Um, have, you, have you ever had this conversation with a child about, it's not all about you? These are brutal why are they brutal conversations? Think. Why are they brutal conversations? Because they don't get it. You can say it 1,000 ways. You can threaten. You can spank. You can take away toys. You can do timeouts. Who's tried all the above? I won't look if you did spanking. It's just like, it's just not all about you. There are other people in this house. Anybody? These kind of, they're, they're, and you just, you're screaming, please. Please acknowledge that it's just not... And you're, all you're trying to do is get them to move from me to what? We. That's the whole movement. That's the whole movement of life. I'll, I'll show you as the series goes on. That's the whole movement. It's not just about me. It's about we. And the we just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Some of you, look, some of you are surprised at the people that you like that you never would have thought you liked growing up. This is true. 
I've had some of you come to me and confess, I grew up in a racist home. That's all I knew. That's what I was taught. I went to work. I started working with people of color or different than me. And I found they weren't the problem. My parents were the problem. What? My we just got, my circle got enlarged. And what you find out, if you, if you will submit to this journey, to this story, is God will just keep expanding and expanding and expanding your love. But we need a place to get started. I loved that. When I read that, I was mortified that I realized I'm such a beginner. And I was thrilled at the same time. You know what? I think the reason that the the guy wrote this, as I just meditated on it over and over again, was how easy it is to love that little baby. There's no effort. So when the things I'm talking about, about loving difficult people, hard people, mean people, that seems undoable to us. So God starts with something that's just natural. There's no force. There's no, I really got to pour it on her today. It just flows. It just gushes. Isn't that great of God to start there? Because you can think of things that make you gush. Can't you? I love this. He said, I think God will even start with golf for some people. I loved it. Why? Because they just love it. They have to learn to love something. And then it just expands. It expands and it expands and it expands. Some of you love working. Some of you love the dirt. Some of you love the earth. Some of you love birds. Some of you, you know, but it just, it starts and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And Jesus goes on before the cross and he says, there's no greater love than a person would lay down their life. We're going to celebrate today and we're going to lead up to Easter. Christ laying down his life. Here's the thought I want you to have as we prepare to share the Lord's Supper today. When Jesus said, and there's no greater expression, it's epic, love becomes epic when you give your life. Paul wrote, I die daily. What does that mean? Or Jesus wrote, take up your cross These are expressions that it's not about you going and giving your life one time. Although in some cases it might entail that. But picking up your cross, or Paul said dying daily, is like a daily crucifixion to my self-will. I want this. I'm going to die to it. I'm going to move from me to what? Everybody knows this. You've done this. Everyone's done this. Who's ever sacrificed what you wanted for your kids? So you've done it. You've all done it, right? I would be doing this. When, I, when we had Charlie, be like, oh, your life is over. My friends all told me, your life is over. You should, when, when they found out she was going to be born, like, you should be golfing every day. <laughs> Look, you're just, you're just not going to do these certain things. But guess what? If you have love, it doesn't, you don't care. So it's worth it. It's a daily, ready? It's a daily crucifixion of my own desires. Too much of what we do at Easter is we just sit back and applaud the story. Way to go, Jesus. Right? You know the ending, and it's like an applause thing. 
I'm not going to participate in it. God forbid I participate in it. I'm just going to what? Cheer for it. And then we have the great celebration at the end, and we go, our team won. Or, we say today, which if Lent meant anything, it would mean the learning to die. Which I think is the good roots of the giving up chocolate. I'm going to die daily. I'm going to want that, and I'm going to want these people out of my way, and I'm going to want the kids to do this, and I'm going to want the wife to do this, and I'm going to want this. But you know what? Not my will, but yours be done. I've got to move from me to what? We. That's the whole movement. It's that simple, and it's that difficult. <laughs> because when you're dying... When your will is dying, when your way is dying, right? The other day I'm pulling out of five guys. Got to get some five guys now and then. I'm pulling out of five guys, and this guy comes by. And it was just one of those, like, you ever been in the hallway, and you aren't sure, am I supposed to go left or right with somebody? Like, hey, oh. And, and, it, and there, it's where all these roads converge on a, in a parking lot. And I just, I, so I just pulled up, and I was going to try to let him do what he wanted to do. And I tell you, and he just gives me the big, And I'm like, I wanted to get out and go, bro, I was trying to give you the options to do any of them, any of the above. Anybody with me? But where does this come from? This guy's blocking my will. He's blocking my will. I want to be right there right now. It's just a micro expression of how we all live our life. Someone blocks our will, then we go into whatever mode we need to go into. But what Jesus did, he modeled something so amazing. Take up your cross, he said. Ready? This Easter season, we're not going to talk about the cross. We're going to take up our cross. Hmm? Tell people about the cross. We're going to take up our cross. Let's just worry on participating this year. Instead of telling everybody. I don't mind if you invite someone to church. But you know, the focus has always been, let's just talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. None of us do it. Die. So that you can resurrect, so that you can live again. 